Warning, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are based on psychic impressions and true life events that may be potentially frightening and or disturbing to some viewers. Any of the information that is shared in this production should not replace the advice of medical professionals and is intended for general purposes only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, Chastity. Yes? What's the name of this recording? Ride the Wave. Ooh. Yep, sometimes that's all we can do is ride the wave. And I chose this name today, Ride the Wave, because life is very much like a vibrational wave. We have both fear and love, and we dip in between the... Both of those lines all the time as humans. And it's okay because we're supposed to. That's how we learn. Oh, yeah, I agree. And it was something that you actually taught me when I was dealing with my health issues and having to go out of work and me freaking the heck out and worrying about money. And you're like, just ride the wave. Spirit's going to lead you where you need to be. And once I got into that and I got in my groove, yeah, like things are kind of going decently while financially it's not going great. I'm not in a desperate situation and my stress levels are actually pretty decent for the most part. Yep. I've been using this term since my early 20s and I never really understood why that it stuck out to me. Like I even bought one of those little signs that you put the letters on. It's got it's backlit. It's like the little plastic letters, you know, and I put mm-hmm. ride the wave on my wall and I put it beside of my bed because I woke up every day, you know, and had to kind of remind myself. But now I understand exactly what that means. It means in a way surrender. You have to mm-hmm. surrender to the divine and your divine purpose. And um, we're going to be talking about a pretty uh, it's not necessarily a heavy topic, but it can be a heavy topic. It can it's really your perception on how you want to look at it. So this episode is going to be about coping and healing from the paranormal spiritual attack or even just even spiritual awakening. It all can be applied. So, guys, I guess before we get started, we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves my name is Chastity, a.k.a. The Luminary Luna Beams. And I'm Emily, the Fine Art Medium. And we're two mediums that specialize in the paranormal. Our purpose is to shed light on what goes bump in the night. That's why we call this podcast Lights, Lights at Midnight. midnight. <laughs> Lamp. You tried so hard to like do it simultaneously. I did. Well, guys, we've reached the last episode in the last mini-series, Initiation into the Realm of Spiritual Things, which, of course, is part of our Mega Season 1 Origins. This is episode 27 out of 30, and it will be our last of our teaching-type podcast for the season, where it's just M and myself and, of course, all of you guys. We thought it would be best to end this mini-series off with coping strategies and ways one can begin the process of healing and integration of their experiences and how to deal with maybe the trauma that's left behind that's caused from paranormal activity experiences and, again, awakenings. 
we're going to discuss some ways to cope from a psychological standpoint, which Em's going to cover in the episode. And then I'm going to back it up with some spiritual knowledge and standpoint, as well as be integrated with some of my um, experiences I've learned along the way. So I'm sure I'll be sharing some of my experiences, but it'll be more or less like the lessons that I've learned and personally speaking for myself how i've been able to help other people begin the healing process or cope because it is super important so but before we get started you know we always we're starting to do news now that's kind of new we like doing a little bit of news and our thoughts on it and then our weekly experiences and then we're going to get into the meat of the subject emily do you have any news you would like to share with us today? Yes, I want to talk about the Maui fires. Right. And if you, if you don't know what's going on in Maui or Lahaina in um, Hawaii, yeah, last week, I guess there was a hurricane and it allegedly, and I'm going to be saying allegedly a lot just to cover our butt, but it started a fire and from the research I've done, would seem that it had to do with a combination of things such as like power lines catching on fire and then you have you know the flammable plantation in the area just from you know when people colonized the islands they planted grasses that they didn't take care of and it is very dry in certain areas because of how they use the water for irrigating like farms and businesses and tourist attractions and stuff and they dried up a lot of the basin and other areas and so a lot of that stuff made it easier to catch fire and then spread it and then you had the hurricane winds spreading the fire um Along with, now there's a theory going on saying that there might be direct energy weapons involved. I'm not going to say yay or nay to that. I'm just here to present what I know factually because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> but Well, yeah, and it's a, it's a, you know, the conspiracy theory yeah. type subject. And that's fine. Like, I'm... I vibe mm -hmm. with some conspiracy theories, as we've said, several of them have actually come to fruition. So, mm -hmm. but the thing is, you know, people try to put out the fires with the water, except they turned the water off and thus there were no warnings. So people were caught off guard and for whatever reason, schools were canceled. So the parents were at work while the children were at home, which is very interesting um, and then back to the water situation, you know, some people were saying that they turned the water off purposely. Some resources said that under extreme heat that the water malfunctioned, but it looks like right now it's more of they turned it off and people are pissed because it's like yeah. they couldn't put those fires out and it dis devastated Lahaina and, you know, of course, you have realtors now trying to buy properties under, like, the natives that live there. And that's pissing people off even further. But what happens when you have 
allegedly a natural disaster, what happens? You have realtors and other businesses that try to buy that land because they see it as dirt cheap because no one wants that land. But the thing is, the people there are very, very conscientious and have a loyalty to their land. It's, you know, their home and they do not want to give it up. And so they're fighting. And then you have the problem with um, resources, not getting to the people. There's fights with, you know, FEMA and the Red Cross and why certain supplies aren't reaching people in need. And, you know, they're saying how if it's not sanctioned by a, um, you know, like a governmental entity, they can't use it, which to me, I find... It's just politics. It's It's politics. politics. It is. It's bullshit. And, you know, a lot of stuff's going to waste. Um, Yeah, it's a fucking mess. And, you know, people got trapped on, I believe, was it Front Street? I think... It was one of the main roads because they kept blocking off places for people to get out and they still have some places blocked. So supplies aren't getting in as fast as it should be getting in and people are breaking laws so, you know, they can survive and, you know, feed their families and feed the other people that need those supplies. And honestly, I don't blame them. I would be doing it too. And then, um, yeah, it's it's a mess. And honestly, I, I mean, I've made some posts on my channel about it. Like, you know, pray for them and send them good vibes. And if you can donate, there are places you can donate that will get to the people directly. So... Yeah, I think that's super important. It's it's really scary because it's bad. It does seem like it just fits all together. And I will, I mean, I'll say that. It seems very interesting. Um, and when you were talking, the word purge came through. Oh, yeah. Spirit literally said purge to me. Um, I've been tracking it a little bit. I haven't been. I've, I've watched a lot of stuff on it, but not like to the point where... I know all the details, but I can say this. A lot of things um, did add up, like, one after another. It's, like, supposedly Mm -hmm. a mistake after a mistake after a mistake. Well, that's kind of like a telltale sign right there. Yeah. That something's not right. And then you have the big companies wanting to come in and buy the land and all that kind of stuff. And I was telling uh, one of my friends about that. I said, and this was... I don't know, right after it happened, I had spoke to him and said, watch, they're going to try to pop up this multi-billion dollar industry on this island. And Mm -hmm. literally a couple of days later, they, you know, people are getting calls from all these big businesses and something's not right. And I think one of the reasons we share this kind of information with you guys, um, sometimes a little more serious than others. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's serious. This one's serious. And it's, it's more of an awareness thing. Mm -hmm. Like we want to bring awareness you might be aware of the fires but from an intuitive standpoint it smells it smells fishy it's fishy and the suspicious thing is oprah lives on that island uh jeff bezos lives on that island and there was talk about building smart cities and you know people are very you know suspicious of that and a lot of people think that this was intentional But I will say this, whether it was intentional or not, you have to be aware of those around you 
And I'm not talking about like the natives. I'm talking about the businesses and don't fall for their bullshit. Don't fall for their scams. Just, I would research each company. If you know, you feel something's fishy, follow your gut. And I don't know. I just, I feel like even if it was just a perfect storm of accidents, it's like a lot of people, a lot of businesses, corporations don't care that people are in a very... They only see money. They only see money. They don't care that people are suffering. And it's important right, that and they you understand. watch back. Yeah, exactly. And they understand that these people are in a desperate situation. I mean, insurance doesn't just yeah. come around as immediately after it happens. Like you are left with nothing unless you get donations and then you have to wait for the insurance to come through if, unless you have a grand savings and most people do not. And they take advantage of that. So it's sickening. Exactly. And another thing is um, a lot of these corporations are very smart when it comes to manipulation and they are very good at working off somebody's trauma and you know they're really good at working off of your emotions and your desperate your time of need yeah your time of need so they're going to yep so they're going to uh manipulate you into thinking that they're really there to help you when really they're fucking you over and yeah when it's really just a money grab and they see that you cannot you're not clearly thinking straight they're going to swoop in and take advantage of that yeah and then they'll continue to push it'll start out as nice and this is something to think about for anybody that's listening and if you are in an area that's prone to natural disasters like this has happened many times before oh yeah and sometimes yeah like look at fort myers that hit home because i spent a lot of time in fort myers beach when i was a kid and to see the island that i enjoyed i mean i spent the most time outside of my home state i spent the most time there and uh, in my life like i basically have lived in florida at least for two or three months as much as i went down there with my family uh to see other family and it was gone like it got wiped and it broke my heart and it's still they're still cleaning up like mm-hmm. it's been a year almost. Yeah. These... And it's a highly realty, uh, high place for realty, basically. Like it's got a lot of value. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And if you add in the tourism aspect, oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's all they're thinking about is, you know, how are they going to make a profit? How are they going to bring in more tourism and more rich people? And yeah. And, and I know the natives are very well aware of that, but. Yeah. For those on the outside may not be so aware of that. Yeah. It's a sad situation. Mm -hmm. Much love and light to the people. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And it, I guess to elaborate on that, um, something that it, so in my predictions, I was talking about like geomagnetic storms did not elaborate on that um, because I, it's a touchy subject, but whether I believe in weather manipulation, I mean, they, there's websites for cloud seeding. I mean, there, it's just there people, some people don't, and it's a touchy subject, but you know, they have got to the point now where 
I think if they want to, they can call certain triggers and events because they're spraying stuff in the air. I mean, it's obvious. Okay. It's it's obvious now. It's not like it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. They've come out and straight said it. Um, so atmospheric war is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in China, I don't know how many people know this um, because China's trying to cover it up, but they just had like historical flooding. I mean, it just the heavy rains and historical flooding, and it just wiped uh, certain parts of China out. They actually, I might, I hope I don't have this wrong. They redirected the water, the floodwaters from Beijing to another poor part uh, right near it, and they basically flooded them out. And they're making fake social media posts, from what I've seen. Not saying that you know this is one hundred percent correct, but from what I've seen and the coverage I've seen, like the government's like putting dirt in places and videoing for social media that they're trying to dig people out. And really it's just a mound of dirt with a bunch of workers just digging. Like they, they got people behind the scenes filming because more people have phones now and the citizens are tired of it. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely going to be a uprising with that. Oh yeah. Coming soon. Well, for sure. Yeah. The thing with Maui is a lot of the videos we're seeing there's a lot more dead than they're, than they're reporting which we all know how the media can be with their bullshit. And it wouldn't surprise me if that were true. Because if you looked at the footage, it's like that entire that entire area of Lahaina is decimated. And it's interesting how yeah. some of the trees were left. I mean, that to me is suspicious when you have trees left, but the vehicles are melted into the ground. Right. Right. Yeah. Trees have a way. I mean, I will say this. It is suspicious. Trees do have a way of surviving. They do. Uh, because and look, and I will I, just to add, I'm not like saying anything against it. Just bringing mm-hmm. in a perspective here. Those trees that are there are basically born from like anything else from the ashes. So they may be dead and they may still be standing. Like I've been to the Black Forest. I think it's in South South Dakota. Um, and there's still some trees from a fire. Like you can still see the devina- devastation in that area from the fire that happened like 1200 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see down, tr- but some of the trees are like down, you know, and like knocked over or whatever. And some of them are still standing, but they never grow like leaves again. Mm-hmm. So, but I know what you're talking about in terms of other situations and like specifically, um, I can't, I think it was in California back a while ago. Um, People basically were in a community and it seemed like the houses were just blasted off the face of the earth. There's nothing left. Mm-hmm. I mean, ashes burnt to ashes and just concrete slabs. But the trees were fine. But the mm-hmm. cars were melted. Like the heat that it took to melt the aluminum, basically. This is another yeah. one of those situations where it's really bad. Like I've had a car catch on fire. Um, I can't really talk about it anymore publicly because i had to sign some agreements and shit but i'll pretty to put it to you this way mm-hmm. cars do melt like i've seen an engine block melt just yeah. from a car fire so it is possible but um mm-hmm. to the extent of the melting is tells you how hot the fire is and sometimes they say wildfires can't get that hot but who knows you know i what also do we know? wanted to add to like <laughs> it could be just the scenario of like if you ever see tornadoes it's interesting how it can wipe out a neighborhood but leave one house. Right. And it's possible right. that it could do that kind of thing with that kind of storm and fire and whatnot. 
but right because the winds were so high yeah i just wanted to point my observations of hmm <laughs> yeah it's interesting it's an interesting thing like when you look at it that way it's a devastating thing but mm-hmm. it's an interesting perspective mm-hmm. um i wanted to add to that because there's something that is starting to happen like i'm pretty sure in the next 24 hours that i saw that kind of caught me in a way um I don't want to say this is a warning. Um, I'm okay if my feelings are off, but there is a rare hurricane getting ready to hit the West Coast, Hurricane Hillary. Mm -hmm. And it could hit in Baja to a little above Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't happen. They're calling right now for seven inches of rain in Los Los Angeles, potentially. in a very short amount of time and for us that live on the east coast we're not as used to the west coast lifestyle when it comes to weather and rain but a lot of times when the ground gets really soggy out in cali and stuff and even in the mountains you have these like flash floods that are deadly like very deadly and devastating Mm -hmm. because of the type of land and then you have mudslides and all that kind of stuff and they're not used to getting this much rain um I got a, I did, I got a warning from spirit. Things are going to get pretty bad. Yeah. And this episode that is supposed to start Sunday night, um, this episode comes out Monday and by that time it's going to be, it's going to be throwing down. If not, things are already going to start happening. I'm not, I'm seeing tons of mudslides. I'm seeing people stuck. Like I really hope people, I don't understand why they're not evacuating some people. If they are, I haven't seen it, this potential, um, so you guys that are listening, if you're out in Cali, Cali is one of our biggest listens, uh, listener states. So we appreciate mm-hmm. you guys and much love and we hope you guys are okay. Yeah. Um, for sure. Because just take, take cover, do what you feel, because I do not feel, I do not feel good about what's getting ready to happen in California. I, I feel devastation. I also feel like the hurricane in Hawaii in the fires is just the beginning i feel like it's going to trigger a series of events across our nation like our um you know country and i'm sure other countries too and you know with the sea being you know a little bit warmer it's gonna cause some really bad bad storms yeah for sure um the thing I'm I'm finding interesting, the correlation and intuitively is China just had all this severe flooding activity and then it hits Hawaii. Like it's this weather system here is moving through the, you know, the Pacific Ocean and mm-hmm. causing all this stuff. And now California is getting ready to face something, I think, similar to what's happened in China, but it'll just be handled differently because different, obvious reasons. Different countries and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm um I'm definitely concerned right now because I'm having yeah. visions and stuff. I'm seeing people trapped in cars. I mean, I really hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, don't want this to with the visions and the dreams and the experiences that I had been having, you know, for the past six months, we knew this was coming. You had the same experiences. We knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when. Right, and they doubled... Um, 
I will say the prediction about, I don't know if anybody's seen my prediction or heard my prediction video. I talk about barrel rolling hurricanes or tropical storms. And I just looked last night or I, I come across it. I wasn't looking and they showed like three storms back to back to back to back, like barrel rolls. And they've increased the likelihood of hurricanes. Like they, it's going to be a bigger season, like a later half. It's been super quiet. So something's wrong. Um, but it goes to show you, though, it goes back to the point of um, the weather manipulation stuff. Now, I'm not saying that's that's the case or everywhere. I'm just saying it's kind of strange, like this place gets this rare flooding and now this place gets this rare flooding. But could and I mean, it happens. It happens sometimes. It seems like for the last hundred years, about every 40 years. So I'm just, just throwing that out there. But that's all I really have for news. I just kind of personally wanted to um, talk about the upcoming Hurricane Hillary and mm -hmm. just kind of prepare people that are, if y'all get this and y'all are near any of those areas in time, please, please stock up on what you need. It might be too late, honestly, though, because where our episode comes out Monday. So, mm -hmm. oh. Boy. Well, we're going to move on to our weekly paranormal experiences. Emily, do you have any experiences you want to share with us? Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I channeled in information for Elisa Lamb, which that video will be coming out at some point. I haven't filmed it yet. I just got my channel done. And boy, do I have some information. And it's really, really sad, to be honest, because, you know, spirit allowed me to see some things. But, you know, Chast, you brought to my attention, like, because spirit eventually at one point is like, okay, this is enough. This is as much information as we're going to give you. It's, and you were pro, I think you were saying, like, it has to do with, you know, an ethics thing, but also, like perhaps that spirit's not ready or healed enough yet for it to yeah. go out like that information. Yeah. So one thing about channeling and just getting in intuitive information, especially if you're doing this as like, you know, your hobby or your job, whichever mm -hmm. you'll find the more you channel the, sometimes you just won't get information. And there's a reason for that. Like, you know, um, it is a permission thing. It is like, um, what's the word an ethics thing basically but it's an ethics thing on the other side some things we're just not meant to know mm -hmm. uh, that will be revealed at a later date that happens um, yeah. and sometimes also too like the spirit itself she may not be uh, willing to contact or healed enough and she'll be protected because we come here on earth to heal anyway since we're talking about healing and coping and stuff and that mm -hmm. happens on the other side too um, and we're going to get a little bit into that about um, healing in, I guess you could say, the spirit. Um, I'll just briefly touch on that because that's not really what this episode's about. But we're, we come here to learn and heal while we're here. Whether that happens or not is sometimes up to us. Sometimes it's a part of our plan and sometimes it's not. We all have a different life path. But mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to get off topic, but I figured it was a good time to say that too since yep. you brought up the topic of... Um, you know, ethics and just in general healing. Yeah. So I was able to get a facial description of people that were involved. And yeah, I'm not going to divulge all the information because I want to put it out in my video. But 
just know I was able to channel information about it. And, oh, news update on that house with the lady that may or may not be deceased. I still haven't seen her, so I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah, I because I still haven't seen her. So I don't know. That's weird because um, I know you said something, I think, in one of the past videos. But when Emily was telling me about, like, seeing this spirit or something, and I said, is she, because I got this hint, like, spirit. I'm like, is she still alive? Maybe she's in the hospital or something. I hope she's okay, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of Emily's neighbors. If you guys haven't heard the episode where she talks about that and her weekly experiences. Yeah. But uh, Chastity, do you have any experiences for this week? So over the last, I would say, month and even longer than that, I've been going through a transition Um and I'm kind of coming out on the other end of it. It didn't start out too well. Like I was riding the wave and I was on the downward, downward part of it. Um, I feel like I'm coming back up to the top of that wave. But as I come back up to the top of that wave, I've been learning a lot. Spirits, I've had a lot of time. I've taken breaks from socials because um, I've said this before. It can be soul sucking. It's like there's this, uh, how can I say this? there's like once you get into doing social media it's like you feel like you have to continually do it it takes up a lot of your time so I've taken time to ground myself reconnect and I have learned a lot and I've crossed over spirits before but working with different people over the last uh, couple weeks and just in general I've I've been doing that more um, I've been trying to cross over spirits that want to go. It's not just like I'm randomly doing it. It's situational based. Uh, for example, on, so it's about five days ago, I was at my friend's house and, um, he was pulling up in the driveway. I was waiting for him to come home from work because we have our shit talk Sundays. Okay. That's what we call it. We get together and hang out every Sunday and just shoot the shit. Right. <laughs> well, while I was sitting there, I was looking towards like uh, one of the cars in the driveway and in front of the car, there was this black outlined like beam, but it was, it looked more like a flame, like a wisp. It didn't have any, you know, different two-tone shades or anything like that. It just was like a black outline with gray in the middle and it was just standing there. Um, I've recently started setting up symbolism for that. And for me, that means basically a spirit that's never walked that's never breathed it's never lived but it's of no threat it's just passing through you're not going to see it again um so that was pretty interesting but after i told him this because he he hears all of my paranormal stuff he hears all of my stories so he knows what i do for sure um and he's open to it as well so um he's told me that the dog had been acting weird like when he takes him on his walks and there's a church there's actually two churches across the street it used to be a church in like a fellowship hall but now it's two separate churches well that he was like and i said i walked outside i grounded myself i took my shoes off went in the grass grounded myself and i started trying to pick up on the energy of the area and i found that uh the area was coming from the church area so basically what i did was is I started to see spirits, like earthbound spirits, and not in like complete form. They actually come through as black shadows, but I knew intuitively that they were earthbound spirits. So what I did, 
um, I asked my guides if it was cool and okay. And, you know, I didn't get any like pushback. So I asked for them to come in and basically help cross over any spirits that were there because I got the clear message of salvation. The earthbound spirits were flocking to the church area looking to basically go to the light. And that's what happened. Um, I helped assist spirit. Spirit assisted me. And then I asked my friend when I was done, because I was kind of walking him through it. I was like, don't it feel lighter? He's like, you know what? It really, really does. So hopefully uh, that worked out well. I've, I saw the stuff happen, uh, but it definitely feels better. And I'm interested in asking him how the dog's been acting since I've done that. But yeah, pretty much that is my weekly experiences. It's been kind of a interesting last couple weeks for sure. Alrighty. I guess we'll go ahead and move on to the meat of the subject here. What we're going to talk about today. Um, definitely healing and coping with paranormal stuff. Like we, we commonly see people now, um, me and M both and agree that there are so many people that are uneducated and uninformed. And now look, I get that the paranormal and perception and all that plays into it, but there are some things, believe it or not, especially when you have the ability to communicate and see with these entities and see these entities that are the same. So there is a way to lay like a basic, I guess you could say like a basic handbook, right? That's basically what this season has been. Mm -hmm. And um, to a degree, and we've grown, there's more things we've learned over time. And what I'm trying to get at here is, is it's not as textbook as regular coping and healing and stuff like that. It, it comes through experience. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes the things that happen to us, whether positive or negative in regards to the supernatural, it can definitely leave a lasting impact on a person and it can influence your thoughts, your actions. And I've seen it break people. Um, me and Emily both have had people call us in like just tears, like terror. Yeah. Like they're terrified. And we, we've seen that firsthand and we've experienced that firsthand. Um, Especially, you know, those that have only experienced the physical and 3D world, like if they haven't been eased into any type of paranormal stuff or paranormal activity, I've noticed that it's harder for them to cope and heal. And it's you're not, you know, you're not alone. Like there's so many people that have paranormal activity and stuff happen, but they're just afraid to speak out. In our first episode, I did a little monologue about the reason that we wanted to do this podcast and that still holds true. Um, there's just, I mean, it's floods of people. It is a growing thing. Um, so our hope with this episode is to kind of talk you guys that may need to hear it. Some of you guys may have already dealt with it and stuff and for, but we're really hoping that this episode gets to where it needs to be. Um, and to know that you're not alone and there is help and there's places you can go for help, but you got to be careful, right? Um, all of the components that happen, they leave us with some sort of emotion that we have to deal with in some way, shape or form. Um, and however, like, I'm just going to go ahead and say this when Emily brought up this subject and, you know, I, I had a hard time at first trying to figure out 
how I wanted to do that because my way of coping and everybody's way of coping is different. I think I cope by helping other people, honestly. Um, and I don't slow down. Like I've, I've, the life that I've led, I kind of had to tackle one thing after another. So it's made me, I wouldn't say callous is the word, but resilient. It's made me resilient to crazy shit, especially when it comes to this. So I just plow through it at this point. So I really had to like think about how I was going to deliver this to you guys. And this is just me being honest. I think part of coping and healing is being honest with yourself. And um, it put it in perspective for me, this subject. But Emily has some information for us and a little disclaimer before we go any further. <laughs> okay. Guys, please note that we are not medical professionals and we do not advise taking our information as medical advice or in place of a doctor if you are experiencing any psychological or emotional disturbances we highly recommend seeking a health physician to help you so let's crack into this shall we the reality of it all once you're pulled into this world whether that's due to an awakening a haunting paranormal experience or what have you you have to understand that spirits, whether they're human or non-human, have roamed the earth probably since the planet has been in existence. It's just that you yourself have noticed them. So they've always been here. Now, with that being known, it is important to not be afraid. And if you are, understand that some spirits feed off of that fear and tend to do things that cause negative responses in order to keep the feeding cycle in motion. So, guys, please keep that in mind. And I also want to point out the paranormal, like what I said, whether it's an awakening, haunting, whatever. It's either going to make you or break you. But it's important to know that there's a way to come out of this, you know, victorious in the way of that um, you'll get through it. Right. And it doesn't have to break you. That's a choice. you Yes. Make. And you know, it, it is a choice. We do still have free will, just like the spirits, they have free will, but there are certain standards and universal laws that they have to follow. And it will determine uh, every case is different. Every situation's different because we're all different. Our perception's different and it can take longer than it can take other people sometimes. Some people are able just to like deal with it and keep on moving, you know, and some people are not. Some people quite honestly get, you know, um, the feeling of unaliving. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with people like that before um, because of the paranormal activity. And when you get to that point, that is like the breaking point. Um, you have to real. there's some things you have to realize um, about that time. Basically, mm -hmm. you have to realize that your perception, a part of riding the wave, you're in the lowest part. You're in the ditches and the trenches. Like attracts like. And nobody's exempt from that mm -hmm. at all. Um, you're, and people get really upset, I've noticed, when we say these things. Some people, not, not all people, but some people get really upset when we talk about it like this. It's like, oh, you deserve your haunted activity. That's not what we mean. Mm -hmm. Everybody has these experiences for a reason. It is a spiritual growth experience, right? But does it make it okay or cool or nothing? No. 
it don't um nobody's exempt from the paranormal people can have paranormal attachments and be so 3d and when i say 3d i mean like they're just very aware of the 3d world around them they don't really accept things that they can't see they're not extremely um intuitive but it is facts like attracts like if you talk to any really good psychic medium i'm not even throwing in paranormal here psychic medium they will tell you that it is a universal law um but yeah so that's the biggest thing is you have to realize that you have control even though things may be going on around you and you're having to deal with that you have to realize you're the one in control always and even though things can still happen around you you can you can still have control over your emotions to a degree even when you're frightened and the point of the point of an entity uh, trying to do this to you is to beat you down so much where you can't fight anymore yep and that's the biggest I want to add too it's like the only way you will fail is if you give up yourself yeah yeah you're alive they are not um there is help out there it is hard to find um good help it's hard to find people that can actually help you um for sure and i think we'll get into that a little bit later but um i guess we'll go ahead and move on unless you have anything else you want to add nope all right so in the next bit we're going to basically talk about some of the uh, entities uh, what they can do in terms of the type of mental just <laughs> the mental distress and that they can cause so whether it's working off an existing trauma uh, making pre-existing psychological conditions worse or how they can create a new psychological issue that comes out of the blue so emily would you like to start us yes yeah, so paranormal <laughs> phenomena and hauntings linked to psychological trauma and other mental illnesses or mental health issues. Through all of the clients we have helped, we've noticed a correlation between their traumas and hauntings. Literally every single one of them has experienced a significant trauma to some degree, which either becomes a point of entry and or an anchor that keeps the negative entity attached or continues in their haunting. Why is that, you might ask? Simply put, for food purposes, but also because they see it as a place to hide and go undetected. For me, personally, while I never experienced much mental trauma as a kid, I did, however, experience a lot of physical trauma through my abdominal illnesses. Because of that, negative entities tend to attack me through my sacral and solar plexus chakras, even when I had that incubus haunting it would attack me there because that is a weak point in my body. Now, apply that to people with any type of trauma. Negative entities love to rub salt into the wound to elicit a negative response to feed off of and or oppress. So here are some statistics that I added about traumas. Just to give everybody an idea. So trauma is a common and widespread experience and many people have encountered some form of trauma during their lifetime. The prevalence of trauma can vary depending on the definition and scope of trauma considered. Traumatic events can include physical or sexual assault, natural disasters, accidents, war, childhood abuse, neglect, or other distressing experiences. Adverse childhood experiences or 
ACEs or the ACEs study conducted by the Centers of Disease Control, aka the CDC, and Kaiser Permanent found that approximately 61% of adults in the United States had experienced at least one category of ACE, which includes various forms of childhood trauma, such as abuse, neglect, or household dysfunction. National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey. So the 2015 uh, NISVS conducted by the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention includes data on sexual violence and abuse So according to the survey, approximately one in three women and one in four men experienced some form of contact sexual violence during their lifetime. This includes unwanted sexual contact, you know, sexual coercion or non-contact unwanted sexual experiences. About 43.9% of women and 23.4% of men experienced some form of sexual violence other than the R word, I don't, I don't want to say it because I don't want to get in trouble on YouTube, but such as being made to uh, penetrate someone else or experiencing attempted R. And then we have child sexual abuse. The statistics on child sexual abuse highlight the prevalence of this form of abuse. So according to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, An estimated 1 in 9 girls and 1 in 53 boys under the age of 18 experience um, this abuse or assault in the United States. In the U.S. Department of Justice's National Crime Victimization Survey reported that in 2019 there were an estimated 61,200 cases of child sexual abuse in the United States. So... Just yeah. to give everybody some kind of a point, point of, of reference. reference. Yeah, that's what I was trying to go for. Yeah. It's a point of reference. So we're not implying that every case has to do with this. We're just saying it's an example because um, from our personal experiences, uh, we have noticed a lot of darker hauntings associated with essay victims. And we've said this before um, for sure. So let's break this down a little bit more. Um, and talk about situations that don't come directly from trauma, but also discuss, I'm going to basically discuss like how, how I've personally noticed it. This is personal experience. I've noticed that people with trauma do attract darker, lower level entities. Does that mean demons? No, that could be, uh, demonized, but what, what we refer to as demonized, like you know, human spirits, that they become more and more um, dark as they stay away from the light. So um, first, I want to talk about, I guess, situations where it's not rooted directly from trauma. So that's going to include just kind of attracting other spirits. Uh, We attract spirits all the time. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you believe in the paranormal or not you attract spirits. And I'm going to focus mainly on earthbound spirits um, 
especially ones that don't necessarily mean too much harm. They may like spook you out or you may just feel a presence or whatnot. Cause some people, you know, some people just have that feeling that they're being watched or something might move every once in a while. And if it is related to paranormal activity, it generally is something just like a human spirit. And the reason that these human spirits are attracted to us is because they have, they, in life, they had similar feelings, emotions, or did similar actions, um, that they find the similarity point between the living and them. Once a human spirit, well, once somebody passes away and your spirit leaves the body, you either go to the light or you stay in, you know, the neither, the shadow realm. There's more realms than that, but this is just one perspective. Um, and once you pass away and you don't move to the light, you can't heal, right? So you stay here and you stay with your very 3D earthly emotions. And then you find somebody, let's say you had, um, some form of addiction. Well, you may be drawn to a person in life that has had that. Um, and in turn, there can be a relationship between the entity and the, the host, basically the living host, which is a form of an attachment. It doesn't actually have to be attached to your body. It can be attached through emotions. And that's really important here. Like some, some mediums even say that, you know, most attachments are emotional attachments. So the coping and the healing and the emotions and all that really does have a lot to do with um hauntings and stuff um i have found that there are more things you know not everything's what we consider a demon right there's so many more type of energies and entities and stuff that it can be because everybody jumps from what's either a ghost or a demon mm -hmm. people don't consider especially if you know you don't you're not in this all the time you, people don't really consider what it could be in between um, but there is a lot and it speaks to like being a human spirit that stays here. You no longer have a body. You have no way to regulate your energy. So you're going to other people to get energy, even the spirits that mean well, even if, I mean, I hate, I hate to say it like this, but it is a sensitive subject, but sometimes even like your past relatives, if they don't, they won't cross to the light sometimes just to stay here because they feel like they're protecting you and they're not they're not really doing anything they're not trying to hurt you they require a low amount of energy to kind of still exist basically and they just hang around and that can give you a feeling of like being watched sometimes it can just be somebody that knew you or even somebody that feels even if you don't know them somebody that feels like they're protecting you um and that can give you like i said the weird vibes and stuff like that um, so it doesn't always have to come from trauma, but the more there is a relationship, it is never good to have a ghost hanging around you, uh, emotionally attached to you because they tend to rub off on the living, especially if you're sensitive. Um, another play, another way to become haunted without trauma is a haunted location. Sometimes, you know, there's just pissed off spirits in the house or the place that you live in or work at or whatnot. And they do not want other people around because they are stuck. They're not in the light. They haven't had a chance to heal. They're harboring the emotions they had from life. They're reliving it, you know, and they want to be alone. 
It's like the little old man in the workshop downstairs in the old workshop in the basement scenario, like get out, you know, get off my lawn. You have things like that too. And these types of spirits generally do not follow you. They will cause you trauma, right? You will get scared. They will cause you some form of trauma or scare the shit out of you. You'll be able to cope and get over it. Some people cannot, um, for sure. And then haunted objects. Um, sometimes you don't know the objects haunted. Sometimes you can just bring things home from the Goodwill that, you know, has a spirit attached to them. And generally it is because they have an emotional attachment to the object. So there are ways that you can have haunting experiences, um, without having like an attachment. Generally the attachment, which is, like I said, it means different things. Um, if it's to a place or an object, you, it, it will be easier to deal with than having an emotional attachment with an entity. You may not even know who it is. They're just drawn to you because, you know, you, you have similarities. It's similar energy and vibration. Everything transfers over to energy and vibration. So, um, that's why it's important to basically monitor and try to be consciously aware of your vibration because this is where i think people get upset with us when we say that trauma and you know call it can draw in entities and stuff and it puts it it almost puts the blame on the person like because they are technically like a victim and we're not trying to say that you understand are you following Absolutely. me emily does this make sense because okay yeah. so it's not a victim place it's not a place of victim. no it's it's you're not victim blaming anybody it's again going back to the law of attraction and how you know similar frequencies are going to attract one another it's not right it's it's not right your fault that you have trauma and it's not your fault that you know if it is being attracted through your trauma. It's not your fault that it's being attracted in the first place. It's just that shit fucking happens and we just got to, you know, fix it if we have to and kind of just defend ourselves when we need to. And it's not about who did what or whose fault it is because it's not your fault ever when it comes, unless you, right, right. Unless you try to summon it on purpose provoke you know, provoke yeah when you provoke and or do things mm -hmm. that and you don't then, know what you're doing like with the divination episode that we did uh last time so check that out <laughs> but yeah yeah for sure i mean there's just so many different scenarios and situations um but what we've noticed the people with the worst types of hauntings um you know that they can't get rid of they can't shake and that's a lot of the times the people that come to us we are well are sent to us I always I think it's a divine plan they generally have some type of trauma that hasn't been healed so yeah. just wanted to take a moment to clarify that I mean we've talked about it but not just all at one time I don't think yet in okay. this season um, but yeah, there's times when hauntings and things don't come from trauma and there's ways, you know, you can identify whether you're a haunted person, haunted place, or it's a haunted object or whatnot. And we've talked about that in the past, but there's even, you know, there's, there's multitude of situations. So this is just some information we wanted to share with you guys to hopefully help those that may not know, understand that this is why this could be happening to you there's different scenarios and different situations. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted to throw back yeah. um, something with the emotional stuff 
because like you said, you know, the law of attraction, and it got me thinking today actually about attachment styles, not just with spirits, but with people and, and, you know, like different kinds of relationships people get into. And if you, and I was just thinking about like trauma bond, well, not necessarily, I guess maybe trauma bond, but it's like the different kinds of an attachment that a person has with another. So you can have like codependency or like if you have abandonment issues, you know, you're going to have issues with trust and you're going to, you know, react differently uh, with somebody versus someone who, you know, doesn't have abandonment issues or trust issues. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the different kinds of attachment yes. styles. Yeah. So it also yeah, goes there's a that. correlation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was. Yeah. I was talking to a friend and they were talking about a situation that they were in and it just made me think about it. And it's like, if you're somebody who is lonely, and I'm not saying this is the case for everyone, I'm just giving an example. If you're someone who's lonely and, you know, you're seeking a relationship and you get towards that low uh, vibration end of desperate, like, you know what I mean? Then you can be attracting a spirit to fulfill that kind of need, but that's not good because that spirit is being fueled from that negative emotion, if that makes sense. Right. And the spirit, if you, in terms to kind of elaborate in terms of the loneliness, if it's a, just an earthbound spirit, it would be coming to you because it was lonely too. And it feels like there could be a symbolic type relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, the right yes, word for that. If it um, was human. Now, if it was uh, not human, you could maybe even get a spiritual spouse. Right. And that, I mean, I'm, I'm saying it translates yes. to both. There's a symbolic relation. Yeah. Okay. Making sure. Mm -hmm. Cause there's a symbolic relationship in the living and the dead basically yes i get mm. what you're saying and um i will i will add that you know spiritual spouses don't necessarily have to be non-human they can be human or non-human but i just thought i would absolutely throw that in as an example for those confuzzled by the whole emotional thing i have i have my personal beliefs about that and i think there are more human like spirits that have breathed before spiritual spouses than non-human personally that's how i feel okay. um i think makes sense because um yeah there's there's tons of things out there and for somebody not to cross over and go to the light is is actually fairly rare it's in a, in a sense it's actually not um as common as you would think from what i've been shown by spirit and just my personal experiences but I think a lot of times um, human, humans attract other humans. And even if you're in spirit, we still have a spirit in our body, basically. And they read that energy. They're able to read that energy because they're more associated with that side now. We are the middle point of contact between spirit and earth. So that's why you have mediums. We are the just, I mean, even if you're not a medium, you're still the point of contact between the spirit and the earth because you embody both of those. You have a physical body, a bio body, and then you have a spiritual body. And that's kind of how this works, in my opinion. So, and that's why you have mediums to come through from 
to help from one spirit realm basically to another because you're not dealing with the same when you do uh interdimensional clearings and healings you're you're working you're multi-dimensional it's multi-dimensional we're not just dealing with one 3d dimension we're not just dealing with higher vibrational beings like to be able to do that type of interdimensional healing you have to be able to take your vibration from a very high place to a very low place and be able to really like um meter it and monitor it uh and it's not something that it's like okay i'm going to move down to the lower vibration and do it it's just something that happens it's like a spontaneous thing mm -hmm. um i just wanted to throw that out there and a lot of times people um and this is representative of your emotions so when i go in to look into a case i open myself up to that lower vibration to be able to read it but i still am a hundred percent aware that i'm not supposed to be there but i'll start that's why we start feeling the feelings of our clients and stuff we're actually tapping into their vibration and the vibration of the stuff around them and then we start to have the clairs come in you know we've talked about that in this mini series um as well and we experience those things but i've noticed after i go there to that that place and uh here recently especially because like I said, things have been happening on a totally different level for me um, over the past few months and like kind of what I'm calling it sounds kind of dickish, but leveling up. I don't know what else to call it. Um, I've noticed that once I go down that route and when I go to try to clear or cleanse a place afterwards, my vibration is so high. The first time it happened to me, well, it's happened a lot before, but not to this level. I was like vibrating. Mm -hmm like literally vibrating and then um i've noticed too like i'll end up meeting with higher vibrational beings in my mind's eye like i'll see symbology and stuff um because it doesn't always come in the form of words and i'll see symbology and stuff that kind of says okay it's been taken care of and my vibration will get so high and i'll be in such a positive place so yeah. you can take that kind of experience and understand that especially if you're somebody that has um this is probably more information not just for people that don't really have uh, mediumship abilities or strong intuitive abilities this is just something i wanted to share for those of you that may be listening that do have uh, or have has tapped into your abilities you you'll notice that especially if you're dealing with um not just like uh what is it past relative readings it's totally different the type of work that me and emily do even though like personally i can tap into past relatives but i choose not to do that type of work because i think this work is more needed and not everybody can do this type of work and not everybody can do spirit reading so there's different types of mediumship mm -hmm. but yeah yeah so basically so. what you're talking about is ascension and kind of ascending in a way yeah and it and it, it shows how the vibratory scale like i go one minute from feeling what my client's feeling in that low vibe but I'm still consciously aware of that's not my vibration, mm -hmm. right? That I know I'm I'm at a different level of vibration that I know if you stay in that vibration, then I would be attracting the entities mm -hmm. that are of the same vibration. So it speaks of the wave basically in a mediumship sense. So now yeah. we're going to get into negative entities can cause or make existing mental illnesses worse. So from a psychological standpoint, experiences of haunting or paranormal attachments can be interpreted as uh, psychological manifestations related to trauma, traumatic events, 
can have long-lasting effects on individuals, including symptoms such as intrusive thoughts, nightmares, disassociation, or heightened sensitivity to stimuli, among other things. These experiences could potentially contribute to the perception of paranormal phenomena. So as psychic mediums, it is important to discern whether the person is experiencing a mental health crisis or a paranormal one, as a lot of mental illnesses can come across as something paranormal and a lot of paranormal phenomena can come across as mental illnesses. So how can one tell the difference? For those who aren't experienced psychic mediums, it is always recommended to seek a health professional to ensure that your mind and body are healthy, to rule out any type of illnesses that may be causing you distress in coming across as paranormal. And even if you are an experienced medium, it is still recommended to do that just in case because not all mediums receive information the same way. So when diving into this work, it is highly recommended that you are well-educated in psychology and the inner workings of the mind. Actually, I mean, I have a degree in deviant behavior and psychology, so I'm very informed on those kinds of things, and it actually helps me with the work that I do. But if you combine that with the mediumship abilities that I have, it makes it easier for me to identify a person's problem. So I can tell right off the bat whether it's paranormal or a mental illness or both, because sometimes it can be both, which makes it even harder. Absolutely. Lastly, field experience in both subjects is very important. You can read about this information all day, but until you experience these things firsthand, you don't know that much, honestly. And I'm not trying to say that to be mean. I I feel like it's fact. Not everything follows a textbook. Sometimes there are cases that are so unusual, whether that's psychology or paranormal, that one must learn from the experience. Correct. I agree. Um, Yeah, I mean, it takes experience and time. Like for somebody to bust in, which what we've referred to as like the anime mentality of like busting in with these super dope moves and like ready to go kick some ass you'll get your ass kicked if you're if you're wanting to like deal with this kind of stuff like if you're but even if even if you're somebody that's learning and you you find somebody that promotes that type of behavior with spirit you're actually what you're actually doing is you're not coming from a place of love you're actually coming from a place of fear sometimes and there is a balance um so when you get in that protective mode, uh, you get like aggression sometimes. Yep. Um, that definitely doesn't fall under the category of love. Uh, you also get, I don't know, like I've done it. I'm guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Right. But my perspective is starting to change on that. I've not always, I'm not always been like aggressive. I'll tell things to fuck off, which I probably shouldn't. But so, I mean, we all do and it's okay. But when you come from a place of love, your love, you're able to channel in higher vibrational help. Yeah. And understand that we're literally like the tip of the iceberg. We only do about 10% of it and the rest of it's up to spirit and the higher vibration of love you were in and positivity and all that kind of stuff. And we're not saying toxic positivity here. We're literally just saying coming from a place of compassion, um, you'll have better results. 
than mm-hmm. going in guns blazing, getting your, you know, I'm not saying that tools are important too, when you do this type of work, or if you're somebody that's learning how to like manifest energy and other dimensional practices, which I understand may be like way out left field for some people that are listening. Um, you do have tools. There are tools you can have. Everybody has different tools. You gain or lose them over time, depending on what you need them for, just like you do spirit guides, I guess you could say. But yeah, it is uh, something to be aware of. You definitely want to come from a place of love when you are doing stuff like healing and uh, coping and stuff. If you're helping somebody or if you're healing and helping heal yourself, because a lot of times people like I don't go see a therapist personally. Um, It's just it's partly choice, but it's just something I don't feel I want to do. I know a lot of people very much benefit from that, you know. And that's great. Um, But I'm more of like, I guess, a self-coper, which might not always be a good thing, but it's true. It's it's me, you know. And I know certain other people can relate to that. And, you know, even though I do suggest people to do it, like I know one day I probably will try, but it's hard. You can't just go to a therapist and be like, I am seeing ghosties in my house. So that's where when it comes to stuff like this, you have to find relatability. Yes. You know, with people and stuff, mm-hmm. you have to find, you have to find mm-hmm. people and it's possible. It, it is possible. It might take a while, but you, you know, if somebody, if somebody offers you like knowledge and you're in a situation of, you know, dealing with a haunting or even dealt with the haunting and you just want answers or you need to, you need to try to start your process of understanding what's happened. Just, there's a lot of, like I said, misinformation out there, but really focus on, um, really focus uh, your discernment on people. Let's say you make a thread or a post about it. You'll see, you can kind of wade through the grass. And I would consider people that reach out for help, continue to reach out for help because you may come across somebody that could possibly give you some answers is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like education is the best fear killer because if you're informed enough yep. and you know how things work, there's going to be no reason to be or less of a reason to be afraid. Right. And that the knowledge is exactly super important. Knowledge is power. It, it's associated to the paranormal spiritual world, too. Um, but one thing to realize, I know we've said it a lot, but just in case you're new, you know, uh, that truth can look different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So even though you may not may not agree, like me and Emily have very similar perspectives, but there's certain things that we do see different. Um, it's a blessing to find somebody that has similar a similar perspective on the things, but there's still things that we see differently, you know, and we experience things differently. So keep that in mind too as you're looking for help because there is help out there. Um, I don't know if this would be a good time to talk about. <laughs> psychic mediums versus paranormal investigators again, but I don't, I'm not knocking paranormal investigation at all, but sometimes there are some people I've heard horror stories. uh, Just be careful if you look for paranormal investigators and even mediums, there's some mediums out there that kind of know, you know, they have their truth. They have their knowledge up until that point, because this is a continual learning process for me and Emily, just like it is for everybody else. If somebody tells you they have all the answers 
you know, and is like, this is right. This is right. I, I'm, I feel strongly about how I feel, but I'm still open to other people's interpretations. And I try to learn from that. But if you have somebody that's adamant, like, no, you're wrong, I'm right. And this is what needs to be done. Just be mm-hmm. careful. Just Run. be careful. <laughs> Yeah, something because, I mean, you'll know, Mm -hmm. you'll know, but it's hard because by the time people reach out for help, they're so desperate that they'll just kind of take whatever comes their way. Exactly. I've seen issues with that too. And you always got those who take advantage, but you know, that's another topic. You know, there's a time, right. And there's a time to seek medical attention and there's time to seek spiritual Mm -hmm. guidance. So, you know, if you're truly concerned with your mental health, because a lot of times this goes along with like schizophrenia and stuff, um, definitely seek help. But if it, if, especially if you've had mental issues in the past and uh, stress and stuff in the past, I'd always encourage everybody to make sure you are healthy and well, you know, when your mind and body, Um, when it comes to spiritual guidance, you can always ask you can always try like, again, find somebody that can help spiritually guide you. And that this type of spiritual guidance, a lot of times people don't need to know, like if there's paranormal activity in their house, they say that, like, I don't need a paranormal investigator to come in and tell me if there's spiritual activity in the house. Right. And sometimes that's just what certain groups want to do. Well, some groups want to come in and try to eliminate, uh, cause not everybody has the ability to see in the spirit. They want to come in and try to like eliminate uh, possibilities and kind of narrow it down to see exactly what it could be and how to deal with it. So that's another perspective to keep in mind. Not every paranormal investigation group just wants to come in and get evidence. Some of them actually have the knowledge from years of experience to be able to kind of help you narrow it down. Ultimately, though, a good medium, I think uh, paranormal groups would be a lot of them have them, but benefit from having uh, someone that can at least see in the spirit, if not communicate, preferably communicate. Um, So it's important if you get to the point where you're so low to seek, I think, in my opinion, I'm not a doctor or psychologist, psychiatrist to seek medical attention before things get too far, because that can happen in certain situations. Um, Reach out for help. Um, And, you know, it might be a balance of both. Like I have people I've worked with that need, um, that need basically, you know, treatment and along with spiritual help. So, because it really all goes in together. So, um, it's still up to you. Use your discernment, but I would recommend, like, if it if you're scared and you're dealing, but you're dealing with it and you're coping with it and you still have good days, um, try to reach out to somebody in the spiritual, paranormal, spiritual community. But if you are at a point where, you know, you're you're feeling really, really down and really, really bad, and you just you have all these emotions coming in, it could be the entity doing it, right? But the treatment can help you start to c- overcome personal traumas, which reflect in the spiritual too, and help you get rid of certain things as your vibration rises. Cause it can't compete with you. You got something super low vibrational and you're super high vibrational that don't really mix mm-hmm. that repels. So that's what I wanted to add yes, to that. So well said, cause I agree. And then psychological disorders that spiritual oppression can look like. Chastity, you already said schizophrenia. With schizophrenia, there's many levels 
and many different types of schizophrenia. Um, so hallucinations are a big thing with schizophrenia and audible hallucinations, which can get confused with clairaudience and, you know, um, clairvoyance and, you know, the entities pushing things into your head. And yeah, it can look like schizophrenia and vice versa. And then you have psychotic disorders, anxiety disorders, depression, bipolar disorders, personality disorders, ADHD, etc. So there's a whole wide range of disorders and mental health issues that can look like spiritual oppression and spiritual oppression can look like. Um, So, yeah, for sure. So that's what I wanted to say there. So psychological disorders and other illnesses that can be made worse. I would say all of them, honestly. And it can they can also make physical ailments worse as well. And spirit and even in your spiritual body, they can mess with your energy, which totally throws off your energy systems, which we've talked about that mm-hmm. before in our energy mindfulness. Yep, episode. and everything is connected. So your energy systems are connected to your spiritual body and it's all connected to your physical body. So when one's off, more than likely the other things are off as well. Yeah, and I just saw something really interesting I want to add on YouTube before we move on to the next subject. Um, There was this guy that was talking about the alignment of the base of your spine can affect your facial symmetry and he correlated it into your spiritual body too. I can't remember who it was or where it was, but... um, yeah, he was talking about like aligning your spine can cha- change the symmetrical features of your face. And he studied like he's not just some random Joe, like he's went to school for all this kind of stuff. And I found that fascinating, like from a physical aspect that your back can affect your face. I mean, if you think about it, your spine is connected. It goes all the way up to your head. So, right, right. It's just something you don't really think about, you know, because it's like, he's talking about like your tailbone, like the top Mm -hmm. of your butt cheeks, (laughs) that area, the very bottom of your spine. So your, your behind can affect your face guys. And it also, um, the unalignments of your bones and stuff can throw off your spiritual chakra systems too. So it would be a good point to add at this time, you know, getting any type of physical alignments, spiritual alignments during this time can help you also, kind of cope and um release what you cannot like release what you need to let go in a physical sense therapy mental sense and you know a spiritual sense is form of energy work and healing Mm -hmm. which we have an episode on as well so yeah we've basically covered everything that we can cover in season one we went from our experiences, low vibrational to high vibrational. I can't believe it's almost the I end. Know, I know. But it's coming full circle. That it is. That it is. And we'll talk a little bit more about what's to come after this episode because it's not like the end, the end. We actually have some really cool stuff for the last three episodes. But um yeah. What's up, everybody? My name is Kevin, and I host this little podcast called Where Weird Ones Are. I talk to people about their personal experiences with paranormal and the supernaturals, extraterrestrials. We get into conspiracies. Also talk about spirituality. All of those things that are weird. Where you can find the show is on YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Rumble. If you want to be featured on the show and tell your stories, your encounters, email me at where the weird ones are at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, where underscore the weird ones are.
Hey Lamp fam, we have some exciting news to share. We've teamed up with the owner, Daniel Class, of the infamous Haunted Hensdale House in Hensdale, New York, to help support the ongoing restoration efforts of this iconic location. We believe in the value that the Hensdale House has offered to the paranormal research teams around the country and want to ensure that this location will be available to visit for years to come. If you would like to help join the restoration efforts of this iconic location, we ask you to check out their merch store at danielclass.shop slash lights at midnight p or click on the link located in the show's description box below there you can browse through many awesome shirts hoodies accessories autographed posters and much more that you can purchase at a discounted rate but only through our personal link danielclass.shop slash lights at midnight p and use discount code lights at midnight p I assure you, if you're a fan of the paranormal, you do not want to miss out on this opportunity. Again, to help support the restoration efforts of the Haunted Hensdale House and pick up some super awesome merch, follow the link provided and use discount code Lights at Midnight P to get 10% off the entire order. Join us in our support spooky campaign efforts to help out others in the psychic and paranormal community. Hey there, curiosity connoisseurs. Are you intrigued by all things strange, weird, and unusual, but too embarrassed to talk with your friends and family about it? Well, we're your family now. Join me, chronically curious Katie. And me, combat veteran Chris, as we don our tinfoil hats and question everything. From crazy mysteries, out-of-this-world conspiracies, and the unbelievable happenings all around us. Let's try to stay sane as we laugh and explore together through our podcast, Stop Thinking With Your Butt. Wherever you like to listen. All right, y'all, now we're going into defense mechanisms versus coping mechanisms. So defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms are psychological processes that individuals use to manage or cope with challenging or stressful situations. While they share similarities, there are distinct differences between the two. So defense mechanisms, they are unconscious psychological strategies that help individuals protect themselves from anxiety, emotional pain, or threats to their self-esteem, and so on. These mechanisms operate at an unconscious level, and the key thing here is an unconscious level, and can distort or deny reality to reduce or avoid feelings of discomfort. Some common defense mechanisms include repression. So that's unconsciously pushing distressing thoughts or memories out of awareness. Denial, refusing to acknowledge or accept the reality of a situation. Projection, attributing one's own unacceptable thoughts or feelings to others. Rationalization, creating logical or plausible explanations to justify or minimize one's behavior or actions. Displacement, redirecting emotions or impulses from the original target to a less threatening or safer target. Defense mechanisms are often automatic and can serve as temporary strategies for managing stress or anxiety. However, they may not be effective or healthy in the long term as they can hinder personal growth and emotional well-being and contribute to interpersonal difficulties. So now coping mechanisms. So these are conscious and intentional strategies and behaviors that individuals use 
to manage stress, emotions, or difficult situations. Coping mechanisms can be adaptive and healthy. Helping individuals adapt to challenges, regulate emotions, and maintain overall well-being. Some examples of coping mechanisms include problem solving. So that's actively addressing and resolving the root cause of a problem. Seeking social support. Engaging with trusted friends, family, or support groups to share concerns and seek guidance. Active relaxation. So engaging in activities such as exercise, deep breathing, or mindfulness to reduce stress and promote relaxation. Positive reframing. Shifting perspectives and finding positive or constructive meaning in challenging situations. Humor. Using humor or finding lightness in difficult circumstances as a way to cope. Coping mechanisms are consciously chosen and aimed at managing stress, enhancing resilience, and promoting overall psychological well-being. They can vary greatly from person to person and may be learned, developed, or refined over time. In summary, defense mechanisms operate unconsciously to reduce anxiety or distress, often distorting or denying reality, whereas coping mechanisms um, are conscious strategies that individuals use to manage stress and adaptively respond to challenging situations. Coping mechanisms are generally considered more constructive and beneficial for a person's growth and emotional well-being. So, Chas? Yes. So, basically, even though these are physical coping things, they can be translated over into relieving stress, which in turn will raise your vibration. And that's the most important thing because, like I said, a lot of people get stuck in that, like, place of fear. And you have to be able some way that's comfortable for you to be able to move up, you know, up the ladder and of vibrational scale to be able to kind of start to overcome these things is so important. It's so important. Um, I do have some examples later. I have an example later that I would like to talk about. Uh, but the one thing I do want to add to this is uh, when you have a spirit around and this spirit gets moved over or crossed over, there are times that people have actually went through the grieving process, like, and not really sure why. So after you have, um, and this isn't everybody, but this is people that had one of those like symbolic relationships where they, you know, the, I guess you could say the vibe of each being, each soul was uh, similar. When this spirit's actually crossed over, you might go through the grieving process like you would if somebody passed away. So keep that in mind. Just because you get your place clear and cleansed, things may be better around the house, but you may be wondering why you still are kind of, gr you're grieving and you might not even be aware of it. Um, so definitely keep that in mind too, because um, ultimately a lot of people are in the thick of it. And this stuff can take time. It can take time to be ready. Uh, you have to be willing and ready to let go of your spiritual um, counterparts in your house, basically. Uh, you have to be ready in a place of like willing to heal when you search for paranormal help. Because we have found that if you're not willing to change some of your perspectives or at least try to like heal yourself, 
it, it, it will continue to come back and it depends on the type of entity too. It could be, it could be thought form entities. I, I see this a lot with uh, poltergeist type activities and sometimes it can be both. Sometimes there can be a human spirit and, um, you know, a living, a human spirit and a living person and the living person not only is able to like connect with the past or the dead in a way, in any way, they actually can create poltergeist too. So it's not like one or the other. There's situations where there's all kinds of stuff around. It's not always just one ghost or one demon. Generally, it if there's a, a really lower vibration, it is actually attracting humans with the vibration of uh, human spirits with the vibration that it seeks from the living too. That's how you end up with situations where uh, human spirits are trapped and they can't leave. Um, like, almost like uh, slavery type situations in the spirit. And that gets kind of freaky deaky. Um, it's important. It's an important time on the spiritual aspect to remind you guys about the defenses you have or the being on guard. So spiritual protection is the easiest way to say it. You really want to be on your spiritual guard. A lot of people understand spiritual protection, but when you throw in that other word in there, it's something that we really haven't thrown around a whole lot. Being guarded means you're being ready. That translates over to the universe. Like I'm ready in case anything comes my way. I'm being guarded. When you throw out and ask for protection, that means there's something that needs to be, you need to be protected from. Um, and that could attract things. I'm not saying it does. I'm just giving you a possibility. So keep that in mind um, because your perception is everything when it comes to this. You have to really believe in what you're doing. Intention is everything. You hear a lot these days about witchcraft and intention, and that's very true, but it's not just witchcraft that uses intentions. And we, I mean, we know that, but from a paranormally, spiritually perspective, like our intentions are everything, even with how we believe we want to guard or protect ourselves. If you do not believe that uh, your sage is going to clear your house, like with your whole heart, really, I mean, sometimes it takes that to be able to do this type of clearing work and make it stick. You can't have any doubts in your soul that it's going to work. You have to know that it's going to be taken care of because honestly, the tools and stuff that we have help us feel better. It's not that the tools can help on a metaphysical level, but it's really up to us and our belief. We can put our belief that this tool is going to help us, but we still have to have the understanding that, you know, this crystal is aiding us in our um, journey to, you know, being guarded and protected or whatnot. So um, unless you have full belief in it being able to be healed, uh, then it can take longer. Does that mean if you don't have 100% belief in the fact that it's going to work, it's not going to work? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying on a personal on a personal perspective, like it really does help and it can help you get rid of the situation faster. And a lot of people have to deal with this themselves. But again, going back to um, going back to the point of seeking out professional help, which is the word professional in this industry is, I would say, specialized help for the paranormal industry or close to professional as you can get because there's no set standard, you know, or scientific thing um, is important because sometimes we need that help. We need that guidance. Um, and operating, you know, your spiritual practices and routines, I would definitely recommend, um, if you're having some, any type of issues, whether you are or you aren't um, in a high vibratory place or a low vibratory place, 
uh, spiritual practices and routines are great. Like I'm, I'm not saying every day get up and meditate and, you know, it's great if you want to, but having, if it's just lighting a candle every day and knowing that this candle is spreading love and light and positivity throughout your house, that's your belief. It, you putting your intent in it will magnify that, right? Um, doing the sage routine cleanings, you know, um, we talk about a lot of the spiritual protection routines and just like what can cause people to need spiritual protection in episode 23, which is the first um, the first episode in this mini series, Initiation into the Realm of Spiritual Things. So a lot of the stuff we're referring to kind of, if you want more details, you can go back to these episodes and check them out. They're fairly long. Um, if you want to like double up our, uh, I talk slow enough and Emily kind of does too, cause I've doubled up and listened at double time. So you can actually get through the episode in half time. I'm just saying, if you really want to, and it's, cause I know they're long, but, uh, we do have, there is good information in there. So I won't go too deep into that, but just know that, you know, having your own spiritual practices and protections, you have to develop that yourself too. You have to do what feels comfortable. You can take advice from other people. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but you'll find ways that it works. Um, just really hitting on meditation again. Meditation is super important, but you do not have to sit down, close your eyes and put your fingers together and go, um, to meditate that don't vibe, uh, resonate with you and don't hit your vibration just right. And then fine. You don't have to do that. I personally don't meditate like that very often. I do to a degree, but I meditate more through writing drawing or mindless just like or even researching like even if I'm doing any type of research or um, just watching videos I, my mind will like be split so I'll, I'll have my mind active on something else but it allows me to because it's a disassociation to be able to hear messages I've been doing that a lot lately like personally research and stuff to try to help me spiritually grow so I can spiritually help other people um, in the way that I would like to, which is I want to be fully uh, remote, you know, in most situations, unless it's pretty severe, I want to be able to clear people, places, animal houses, I want to be able to heal, like from a distance. So uh -huh. that's what I've really been working on, to make sure that, you know, it's up to par, and I've been meditating through research. So as I'm researching, I kind of meditate, and I get the answers that I need, or just spending time by myself, it's important to have the alone time to meditate. You'll not be able to meditate with distractions. It doesn't matter how you can do it while cooking. You can do it while cleaning. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's just a good point. Um, and then operating in, you know, the vibration of love, like having a positive mindset and trying your best, even when it's not possible. You know, I named this episode Ride the Wave because it is not possible for a human being to stay at a certain place all the time. We're going to have situations and things that happen to us that are of other people's free will where, you know, it lowers our vibration or we're, you know, we're, we do it on our own and that's okay. You know, we're not promoting toxic positivity here, but just kind of operating in the vibration of love and trying to stay positive when you're working through these things and know that there is something that I say something, but I mean like source, divine benevolence, there is something that will help you. That's so important because I see people with like strong faith sometimes lose their faith when stuff like this happens and um, not realize that it's part of their spiritual growth. Like growth, like they won't, spirit's not going to give you anything you can't handle. As hard as it may seem, you're able to overcome whatever you're given. And sometimes it just takes more work than others. So. 
um, I wanted to add that in about how the importance of, you know, spiritual um, defense and how, you know, having a spiritual routine can really help with that and trying to stay in, you know, if you, if you can't stay happy all the time, like I said, we can't stay happy all the time. But if you have an issue with, you know, your vibration, like pitting and bottoming out, that's when I would recommend to, again, start reaching out for other like-minded individuals. Um, use your discernment when you do that or reach out for help, whether that's a medical standpoint or a spiritual standpoint. I want to point out, though, um, a lot of the coping mechanisms that I have then listed towards the end are some some of them are meditation techniques that can be used they're kind of like both right and yeah we'll definitely can get into that um for sure because meditation is an, an important part of being able to listen for divine guidance you don't have to be uh, a psychic or a medium or super intuitive exactly. to be able to meditate. and you know it's actually it's not, pretty popular yeah in the psychology field and medical field like um i've had physical therapists try to use that technique or t teach their clients that technique to help heal their body because meditation there's so many studies that show that different types of meditations serve multiple purposes and one of those purposes include healing the human body whether it's the physical aspect or the mental aspect yes and it used to i would say that the spiritual aspect has kind of been lost over the last century yeah. but now it's coming back like the spiritual the healing spiritually was a big part of medicine before it is what it, before mm -hmm. it is become what it is today um but now it's actually like they see the correlation between someone that has some type of spiritual beliefs whether it's religious or not um and the way they heal versus a person that doesn't and i'm not knocking anybody i'm saying i've, I've seen like the mm -hmm. statistics um and you can easily look that kind of stuff up and see for yourself like somebody that has spiritual beliefs they may recover faster and better than somebody that went through some type of physical trauma that mm -hmm. does not have beliefs so it's all a perception thing and yep. a frame of mind so thing. now we're going to get into understanding fight or flight response so our body has a way of reacting and responding to certain situations before we can even think about it the fight or flight response is a physiological and psychological reaction that occurs in response to a perceived threat or stressor. And it is a built-in survival mechanism that prepares the body to either confront the threat, aka fight or flee from it, flight. And, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about this because, you know, depending on how you perceive information especially from spirit if you're clairsentient like me you might feel it in your body and react to it way before you can even think about it and so you know it also has to do with fear so that's why i wanted to add this in so perception of threat when an individual encounters a threatening or stressful situation the brain's amygdala a key structure in the limbic system triggers a rapid assessment 
of the situation. If the amygdala perceives a threat, it sends signals to activate the fight or flight response. Activation of the sympathetic nervous system. So the amygdala activates the sympathetic nervous system, which triggers the release of stress hormones, particularly adrenaline, epinephrine, and cortisol. These hormones prepare the body for immediate action. Physiological changes. The release of adrenaline leads to several physiological changes, including increased heart rate, elevated blood pressure, rapid breathing, dilation of the pupils, and increased blood flow to the muscles. These changes enhance physical readiness and maximize the body's capacity to respond to the perceived threat. Now, cognitive and emotional changes. The fight or flight response also affects cognitive and emotional processes. It can sharpen focus, increase alertness, and enhance the ability to react quickly. Emotionally, individuals may experience fear, anxiety, or heightened arousal. Response selection. Depending on the situation and individual factors, the person may engage in either the fight response confronting the threat or the flight response escaping or avoiding the threat. The specific response is influenced by factors such as perceived danger, past experiences, and individual temperament. And then return to baseline. Once the perceived threat dissipates, the body gradually returns to its normal state. The parasympathetic nervous system, often called the rest and digest system, counteracts the sympathetic response, bringing the body back to its baseline state of relaxation. It is important to note that the fight-or-flight response is an automatic and instinctive reaction, while it evolved as a survival mechanism to protect us from physical threats, it can also be triggered by non-physical stressors such as emotional or psychological stress. But now we can throw in paranormal triggers as well. Additionally, the fight-or-flight response can have both short-term and long-term effects on the body, especially if activated frequently or for prolonged periods. So why is this important? As part of the fight-or-flight response, the emotional processes are affected and can cause fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety are common when dealing with paranormal phenomena, especially if it's something the person has never experienced before or when dealing with things one does not understand. Absolutely. Yeah, and fight or flight is really important. Um, it's a very important part of this because a lot of times, you know, when you get scared, you're going to do, I mean, it's obvious you're going to do one or the other, right? But in terms of a spiritual sense and dealing with hauntings and stuff or paranormal activity, supernatural activity, um, we can get in the habit. And I, I, I see this with clients and just kind of being around for a little bit. Okay. You can get into the habit of forming the same reaction when things start to happen, no matter the severity. Now, you know, we're talking about some people deal with just hearing a knock and other people deal with being drug out of bed. So there's a large spectrum here, but this remains the same. If you get stuck in a pattern of constantly, for example, flighting and putting yourself back into that emotional state, 
um, and not trying to change the reaction. Um, and a lot of people are not aware of this either. It doesn't like occur to them that they need to change their actions when the paranormal activity starts or is happening. Uh, if you can break that cycle of basically going and, you know, let's say you hear a knock, for example, and you run outside. <laughs> I know that's, that's pretty extreme, but y'all get what I'm saying. You hear a knock, you run outside, you get hysterical, you call your mom, you know, stuff like that. Um, that's, that's fine, but you have to be able to stand your ground. So if you're used to flighting and you're having paranormal experiences, that's what it's feeding off of. And, you know, you have to be able to basically fight. And I don't necessarily mean like with your fists or out of anger. We're going to do that sometimes in these situations. People are going to do that. And it, it's okay if you do. Don't be upset. Some people prefer it that way. But this goes back to the whole coming at it from a calm, collective place of love. Um, I have run into people that, um, you know, they start their journey. We get rid of the main thing that's causing them issues. And depending on the person, they end up falling back into old habits, which induce the paranormal activity. Um, even though if things are hanging around, like, I, you know, you can get in that spiritual routine, spiritual practice. But once you kind of start falling off and forgetting, if, if you're an attractor, especially, this might not be everybody's situation, because again, Hauntings come in different places, but if you're already an attractor, uh, which I mean like by your energy, by your light, especially if you are sensitive at the very least up until, you know, being a psychic medium or even whatever, I don't know what would be above that, but um, you actually attract spirits. So if you let your guard down and you start going back into your old routines, you're going to continue to attract these things, even if for example, uh, me or Emily or somebody else helps you get rid of them, it comes back and it doesn't have to be the same thing because the ultimate goal, if you do not cross over or ask spirit to take away the darker things, and um, which is something that has to be learned over time, and you can pray for it and it'll happen on its own. But if you have somebody come in or you're the person doing it, if you're the person performing the clearing, then you have to have these entities taken away. Because if you don't, as soon as there's a break, as soon as like the routine, the new routine, the more healthy routine is broken, they just come right back in. So that's important. Uh, two things to take away from this is if you haven't had the entity or, you know, earthbound spirit crossed over and something happens and your defenses go down, it can come back in. If you're an attractor, other things that are attracted to the same patterns you had previously will come back to you. And sometimes it's in the form of our just habits that have nothing to do with, um, with everyday life, like, well, things to do with everyday life and nothing necessarily to do with the paranormal. Like if you, uh, again, if you are, if you've had addictions and you stopped and you start back, you're actually going back into that vibration where you picked up that energy from, um, and getting in a place of like helplessness and feeling like you want to go in the corner and cry and ball up and stuff. We have to do that sometimes, but one has to understand that, you have to, again, you have to get out of that vibration and start to try to be um, active in your healing journey, really. And long story short, you really need to be active in your healing journey and be conscious and stay and try to stay that way.
and make sure if you're clearing your house, something like sage just pushes it out. I'm just going to be 100% pushes out negative energy. Sage will work, right? If we have a full belief in it, but it doesn't actually cross over entities. I want to make that very clear. Sage is very beneficial for residual energy and stuff like that. But, you know, certain situations require different tactics, basically. That's why it's important to, uh, depending on the level of severity, to reach out for outside help because it is available. Like, again, you might just have to really find it. You know, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know, you have found people that can do their best to try to help you with that. And if we can't help you, we may have know somebody that can, because I'm just saying, like, you know, there's different people we've run across in the industry now, and not everybody might be the perfect fit for you either. So um, that's really all I have to add to uh, what Emily was discussing, discussing about fight or flight. Mm -hmm. So coping mechanism application. Fear and anxiety become a food source for negative entities. We know this. We say this a lot. But not only that. It is not healthy mentally or physically to live in constant fear. If you are someone who is dealing with any type of spirit or paranormal phenomena, it is important to have that spirit removed if you can. Whether, like Chastity said, you cross them over, you kick them out, what have you. And you can do that through the help of other mediums, witches, shamans, priests, yourself, and so on. However, we are aware that sometimes it can take a long time before the entity is removed. There's also the possibility that the person themselves are natural mediums who don't necessarily want to be. And so they have constant experiences. So like you would be an attractor, like Chastity says. I call them, well, I guess that, that's a good term to call them is attractors. They're not always going to be mediums that are attractors and vice versa, right. but you can have natural mediums and or just attractors and those people have constant experiences but don't know how to handle them, right? So here are some healthy ways you can cope and or, again, these are very, uh, they're pretty much meditation methods as well, some of them or all of them, but yeah. I'm going to go through some things you can do and I have tried almost every single one of them honestly yeah and this is and i just want to add real fast is this is 3d examples when i say 3d this is very physical examples mm -hmm. of how you can cope um versus spiritual defense and spiritual practices so mm -hmm. it's definitely very relevant especially for people that are not um as into it as we are or even even less um i just wanted to say that so i, I really mm -hmm. like this yeah, because, you know, some people just might not want to be involved in the, you know, paranormal and, you know, they need a way to, you know, go on with their lives and just cope in a healthy way. So journaling or keeping a diary, expressing your emotions through writing is very beneficial. I do this. I keep my dream journal. Not only is it a good way to like document things, but it helps me get out the emotions that I'm feeling at the moment, especially if I wake up and I'm feeling all this negative stuff. If I have a negative um, experience, I get that, that all that shit out on that, you know, little journal entry. And it's right. helpful, not only mentally, but spiritually. Yeah, absolutely. And journaling is, I mean, just writing in general, 
when you want to translate it over to spiritual stuff is very powerful. It's almost or as powerful and sometimes, depending on the person, more powerful in the spirit than even words or thoughts. Mm -hmm. I found for myself, that's just my opinion. For me, that might not be the same for everybody else, um, but I just wanted to add that in. Yep. And writing stories. So it's another form of writing. So like write a book and use some of your experiences as a plot points. I mean, I'm already doing that. I mean, hopefully I can get that published, but it's it's helping me on a creative level. It's helping me on a coping level. It's helping me on a spiritual level. And I feel like, you know, if you apply that to yourself, it'll help y'all as well. Um, you can turn it into art. So show people what you experience. And you can do this through, you know, drawing, painting, um, conceptualization, and putting it on paper is just, you know, another good way. It's very similar to writing. You're getting out pretty much your emotions on a piece of paper, but also you can be like, hey, this is what I experienced. And maybe someone can validate your experience with a similar experience. You can turn it into music. So you can, you know, put in your fear and frustration and turn it into another creative outlet such as music. And, you know, again, is very beneficial. Um, exercising is very helpful. Going outside and grounding yourself. Not only is this a good, you know, coping mechanism, but it's also a good form of protection spiritually and good mechanism to heal yourself. And then you have reading. So if you're somebody who likes to read books, you know, that's a good thing to do emotional support, animals, animal therapy, pets, anything along that line. Uh, animals are very good and they're very empathic. And, you know, there are studies that show that animals are a good gateway for people to help heal themselves. Right. And also, too, I just want to add in the spiritual they can help you uh, even validate your feelings. And there's a fine line here, you know, but animals react to spiritual stuff. And if you're feeling spiritual stuff and then you notice your animal is starting to like bark at things that aren't there and stuff, it kind of validates you, especially if you're not extremely tuned, extremely intuitive or able to perceive uh, beings or entities like through uh, your third your third eye, for example, um, they can be cues for validation as well. Mm -hmm. Not only that, depending on the animal, they can help you on the spiritual realms. And for example, my dog child is he's a protector. He will help me on the astral realm from time to time. And it's amazing and helpful. And yeah. I guess people call it familiars, like witch familiars, but yeah, that's another purpose that they can serve. Um, right. Number nine, like doing hobbies that you like. So if I didn't mention any of the hobbies or what have you, any hobby that is positive will work and again, can be used as a form of meditation. So if you like collecting things, if you like going outside and just bird watching or what have you, anything that puts you in a positive state of mind will help raise your vibration and it'll help you cope. It'll help you raise your vibration and so on and so forth. 
Um, you can join a paranormal group where you can share your experiences with people who have also experienced them, or you can uh, start your own group like I did and like Chess did. And, you know, just having validation from other people and gaining information and other perceptions from other people can really, really help you. And then we have therapy with a therapist. So who is open, I recommend usually someone that's open to the spiritual side of things or the paranormal, and they do exist. There are psychiatrists, psychologists that are open to the paranormal that will not lock you up if you mention ghosts. So just know they are out there. You have mediums that are therapists that Mm -hmm. have masters or doctorates in psychology so they exist and it's not all hopeless so right I'm not going to be I'm not going to label myself as a therapist Mm -hmm. or anything else but I do I do kind of have um the label of spiritual guidance Mm -hmm. that's kind of you can look for somebody that does spiritual guidance as well so that's kind of part of what we do too Mm -hmm. and then um we have research. So like we stated before, the more you learn and understand, the less afraid you will become. And knowledge is absolute power. I think that's the the big, the, one of the biggest things to start out with is start searching. Because if you're open to it, you will be shown mm-hmm. the information. But what is required of you is discernment. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I've pretty much done most of these, if not all of them. Well, okay, so the thing with therapy is I've tried it. It's not for everybody, but, you know, it does help some people. And I think part of my issue is is because I have, like, a degree in it, I know how it works. And because of that, I get too much into my head to where it doesn't work, if that makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. And I feel like I'm so aware of my thoughts and emotions that it's kind of like I'm my own therapist. Yeah, and that that's that works for some people. Some people are comfortable with that. They're able to process. It's the your ability to be able to process the things that happen to you and therapy is just another perspective and some people very much benefit from it and we even suggest it to some of our clients. Yes. And with therapy, it's like um whether you do it or someone leads you into healing, essentially it's still the same outcome. So Yeah, that's all I wanted to say there. Okay, and lastly, the thing I wanted to talk about briefly is avoidance related to the paranormal activity. Um, You know, if if you're avoiding the things that's happening and you you practice the avoidance, like just we're not going to talk about it, we just don't deal with things we don't understand, that just gives it permission to grow, okay? Um, Even if it's outside of your realm of understanding, I would highly recommend for people to, again, do their research, their homework and, you know, learn about it. Because if something's happening, you can't happening that you can't explain in scientific terms and you've had people say, hey, man, I think your house is haunted, you know, like stuff like that. It's important to not avoid the situation because it can grow into literally a beast. It can grow into something that is unmanageable. The energetic properties to your location that is haunted whether it's person place or object 
the energetic realm that can grow from that it, think of it as like vines how or like ivy how ivy sets you have your little ivy plant and you put it there and as you just let it do its thing it starts creeping around and that's what happens it can attract other things um, and attract negativity in your life and emotions and all that kind of stuff um you really have to have um, a somewhat of a spiritual mindset or you have to be open to a spiritual mindset. So it is, and it's very important though, to understand um, getting caught up in the paranormal and spiritual stuff. It can consume you. We are not all of us and every one of us are not meant to just solely live in the spirit. Basically uh, we are meant to experience 3d things and it's very important to allow yourself to step away from spiritual stuff, paranormal stuff, like I have to do it, M has to do it. We have to step away from this to still live our lives. And a lot of times, if you are an intuitive person and you're like, where did all my intuitive, intuitive abilities go? They just disappeared. The reason that happens is because you have things in the 3D that you have to deal with that you're not dealing with. We People like me and Emily are all guilty of not living in the 3D like we should sometimes. So... There is a balance and that is part of healing. You have to be able to experience your human existence while you're here. That's why you're here. But then there are spiritual things that happen. And sometimes it's more people live more than the 3D than the spirit and vice versa. Again, it's all open to everybody's different situation. But a balance is extremely important not to get too caught up into this stuff to where it consumes your everyday life, your mind, because then you attract it too. So the balance is important. Yep. And, um, you know, it's important to embrace what's happening and basically not like embrace it, like bring it in. It's important to understand and embrace the fact that this shit is real. For some people, it is extremely real. Like some people may experience something haunted here or there, you know, whatever. And then they don't think about it. But people that people need to understand that everybody experiences this stuff uh, in similar ways, but everybody has a different perception and understanding and embracing the fact that this is happening is like the most important step to start your journey of coping and healing and clearing. And I mean, it's really at the end of the day, it's about healing. You take the coping out, take all the other stuff out. It's really about healing. And that's why certain people are on this earth is to help other people heal from paranormal stuff. And you can do it yourself to a degree, but I found it does get to a point where you do need validation and you will heal through validation. I've seen it time and time again. When you get that validation from another person, it kind of takes you out of the realm of, am I crazy? Am I tripping? You know, da, 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 da. So ultimately try not to avoid your paranormal situations and definitely uh, take the time to Really consider what's happening and consider your options that we've talked about here. So one thing I wanted to add, just like as an experience, so I'm constantly on the go. I'm kind of like an energizer bunny. And it's kind of weird, too, because it kind of falls around periods of the moon cycle. So like during full moons, especially the week of or, you know, a few days before and then a few days during and then after I am like, I get in these manic episodes and I'll just go straight through all my work and I'll just like, I don't know, I'll just go through these periods of getting a lot of shit done. But then it's kind of like, 
there are times that I just am not turned off, as in I don't stop and take a break when I know I should. And it could be seen as a way of a coping mechanism because I'm keeping myself busy. And it's like, I don't, I feel like if I stop, I don't know, I feel like I'm wasting my time and I feel like I just have to have that constant need to go. But the thing that you were saying about, like, sometimes people feel like they lost their intuitive abilities or any of their abilities. I notice that happens to me when spirit is like, bitch, you need to slow down and take a break. And that's their way of forcing me to take a break. But, you know, it's kind of like, even though I'm taking a break from the spiritual aspect, it's like my creative brain does not turn off. So even if, you know, the spiritual stuff is turned off, I'm still working and doing things because there's so much shit going on in my life, whether that's paranormal or not, that I can't just stop and be still and do nothing. To me, that is impossible. I've tried. Chastity always makes comments about it and, you know, is, you know, I know you sometimes are like, hey, you need to take a break and just not do anything and it's just like I can't I I can't but then I'll get to these points maybe once a month or so I'll sleep for 16 hours and then it's go 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 so yeah it's definitely and that's super important and it because it can drain you down Mm -hmm. in the perspective of spiritual work it is not good to go 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 Mm -hmm. go right but she's referring to other projects too yeah I'm I'm combining (laughs) everything right so basically, um, you have to you have to rest, and that's where meditation comes in. And certain people have that problem being able to slow down. Again, it reminds me of like social media. Like you get to the point where you, or if you if you're a person that does social media, you get to a point. This is just an example. You get to a point where you feel like you're obligated. Yep. And I've been trying to get away from that personally just as my personal experience i've been trying to get things set up to where i can release stuff and i've let go of the guilt because it was making me unhappy like you know it's it's important for the work that we do you know just in our experiences and other people's work but it's just an example of like allowing yourself not to feel guilty for the things that you cannot get done you know in a certain time frame Mm -hmm. like Cause that, that creates like a negative vibration around it. Mm-hmm. So, and being able to turn your abilities off in terms of like spiritual stuff, being able to turn that kind of stuff off um, is important because it can make you physically ill. Yep. Yeah. I will. And it can, I will say ahead. that spirit, I feel like the creativity thing, it's like spirit uses that as a way, as a buffer. So when I get in these modes of just like art, like drawing and painting and stuff, it's because spirit wants me to turn off my psychic abilities to heal. And it's kind of like using the art and stuff as a way to replenish myself because it is a type of meditation for me. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I would say for me, I'm just going to use an example 
from when I started to kind of go through my awakening process. I had just went through some horrible things. I was in a horrible place and to the point of depression was so bad, some days I couldn't even get out of bed. But spirit started talking to me in the form of art and it came in the form of Treasure Tree and Company, which is like jewelry that back in 2021, um, we used to do pop-up events and stuff like that. We've kind of settled down, but I'm kind of ready to relaunch it. But anyways, if you did, if y'all didn't know, that's kind of what's going on. We have our stuff, but we haven't like put it out there yet because we don't do pop-ups anymore. And it was actually very successful in the time that we did it. Um, but that was my form of coping. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that's what I learned as I started like manifesting and healing. I started doing that through making treasure tree, like from scratch, you make it with your computer and then your hands. And, you know, when you build something from the ground up and you pour in the divine creativity to it, which I didn't realize at the time is what I was doing. It always ends up well, in my opinion, like, and it's up to you to keep it going in the 3D. But that's the way I was able to kind of cope and heal from that is like using all that energy and creating something beautiful. Like at times I had like a mat that I would sit out as like a table, as a makeshift makeshift table. Once I designed my jewelry and got the ideas, then I sourced all the products that I needed to be able to complete it. And I put a mat out on my bed. So I had a workspace and I created stuff. That's what I did at first. Um, because of the mind frame I was in, like sometimes I just couldn't do it. But I noticed as I did it more and I started to like make these really beautiful things I had no idea I could ever make, I started to realize through that and gaining a divine connection that that was my way of coping and healing with all the paranormal stuff and the uh, 3D emotional stuff I went through as well. Um, and that's just an example of how I healed from, I guess you could say, that and my spiritual awakening. And during that time of creation and the art and everything, that's when I would get downloads and stuff too. And that was like in the, not very beginning, but that was like after I started. Because I had started on it in late 2020 and my in intuition had kicked in in like early 2020. So I guess mid 2020. So I was still like a baby basically. But I, I had a, I gained a lot of understanding from that form of creativity. So I just wanted to share with you guys mm -hmm. a smidget of how, of one of the ways I coped again now, like when things come at me, I'm probably not the best person to cope on my own. I can help people all day long, right? But I think honestly, now I cope through helping other people. Mm -hmm. I think that's one way is like being of service to others. I learn things all the time. And I learn from my mistakes. Um, I try to not beat myself down about things I might get wrong or I feel like I get wrong. Because at the end of the day, it, it's not wrong. It just could have been either misinterpreted or I'm missing something. Mm -hmm. And I try not to beat myself up over that because everything will be revealed in due time. Mm -hmm. I will say yeah. that we're similar in the way like in the beginning when I got into this, I started getting my first visions while doing art related things right yep it's it's a big part and that's just one way everybody has their own ways um and it's definitely associated with the list above about the coping mechanisms that emily was talking about so it can be done definitely in a 3d sense you don't have to do everything in the spirit it's just second nature to us at this point so we wanted to definitely bring you guys like 
3D coping mechanisms versus like a spiritual perspective as well. Um, didn't get too deep in the spiritual perspective part because we covered a lot of that. It was more or less reminders and just kind of telling you guys a little bit, a little bit about how things work, basically. But yeah, I think that's all we have for this episode. Yep, that was a lot, but I felt like it was very much needed. Absolutely. And yeah, this is our, again, last episode with just kind of me and him hanging out and chilling and teaching you guys things of season one. And this does conclude the mini series in season one, the initiation into the realm of spiritual things. If you have not checked out the other episodes in this series, it starts at 23 and runs through 27. Definitely give it a listen. It's probably every bit of 10 to 12 hours worth of content that's all about you know just spiritual stuff and kind of understanding from our perspective um, things about the spiritual world the next two episodes we are going to have special guests um i'm pretty sure our next episode like i'm positive but i don't know i'm just gonna say this we're going to get a little witchy mm. we're gonna be talking about witchy things in the next episode um, not going to reveal the guest yet. And then our following guest is somebody that some of you guys may or may not know. Um, we'll just say she's into sleuthing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our last episode, we will not be telling you that quite yet, but uh, we'll have some cool things planned. So please definitely check them out. Uh, they'll be coming out in every two-week rotation until, I believe, October 2nd. And then we'll be gearing up to start season two, which we'll give you all more details later. But yeah. Well, that is a wrap. And no, we're not talking about candy bars. Right, mm -hmm. right. We love you guys. Until next time, peace out. Hey, if you have a haunted story you want to share, you can email us at lights at midnight podcast at gmail.com. Get in touch with us there. We'd love to hear from you. We really appreciate y'all uh, hanging around and checking it out. And yeah, thank you so much. We are super excited to bring you some super awesome content. We really appreciate you guys checking us out. Thank you to all that took the time to listen to this week's episode. Your support means the world to us. And remember, all of us have the ability to shine brightly and shed positivity, even in the darkest of places. Stay safe, stay well, and light it up!